you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful day. It's a thing of joy to have the opportunity and the privilege to gather as a family, the family of God, to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For, for us now, uh, Christmas has a double, double, more than double significance. Because for everybody, like we said last time we met, Christmas is something that you can ignore. Just like the name of Jesus is a name that nobody can ignore. can mention God and everybody would, you know, be indifferent. But when you mention Jesus, it's defining. You must take a stand. The same way with Christmas. You can't ignore Christmas. I remember one, you know, after I got born again, you know, we got born again, and um, we had just had our son then. And I was feeling very spiritual, you know, and I wanted to spend time, you know, just with the Lord and all of that. So I said to Momichi and the family, I said, go to the east. I'll stay in Lagos so I can just, you know, have time with the Lord. After two days... I looked left, looked right. Christmas. My family is not there. Nobody is there. The next morning, I got on the car straight. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's extra significant for us because it's a season where even those who are unspiritual feel that something is happening. But for those of us who have the Spirit of God, we must then... Take it to the level that is expected of us. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is also what? Expected. So for us, it's not just the feeling, it's not just the lighting, it's not just the colors. And for many also, for many of us, before we got born again, there were days that were in church, first Sunday of the year, and Christmas Day, and possibly Easter. So maximum three times in a year, you, you know, grace the cathedrals or the you know, the buildings. But for us, in him we live and move and have our being. So it's no longer three times a day. It's every breath that we take, we take it in him. For in him we do really live. So come with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll read the account, you know, that the Bible has for us of the day of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And I'll read from 8. Now, let's read together. Now, They were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made wildly known the same which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We can see from this account that there was a proclamation. There was an announcement at the birth of Jesus by the angels themselves. And the angels said, you know, the first announcement they said was because of the reaction of the shepherds. They said, do not be afraid. Because anybody who has had any form of spiritual encounter, you know that the first thing that happens is, you know, some trembling, some fear. So they say, do not be afraid. But that word, do not be afraid, can be taken beyond the perspective of just telling the shepherds, do not be afraid. Because if, if you go through the scriptures, which we are going to go to, you would see that Christmas is the clear transformation or clear opening of the door between man and God so that man can relate to God no longer from fear but from love. Praise the Lord. We're going to get to that, but I just want to touch the things that the angel said. And then the next thing they said was what? They said, I bring you what? Good tidings of great joy. Praise the Lord. So Christmas is what? Good tidings. It is good tidings. Let's not worry about Herod. Let's not worry about the rest of Jerusalem that when they heard the news, they were sad. Praise the Lord. But Christmas is good tidings to all people. Maybe those people were not people old. Because Christmas is what? Good tidings. It is good news. It says good tidings of what? Great joy to all people. No matter which angle you come from. Christmas is good news. And that is what should embolden you and I as we share the gospel with anybody we meet. You know, I was just meditating on it and I said... Of all the places, people, and all the things people call their religion, which of them has a God that has visited them? So when you come to tell them that God is going to visit them, is it not good news to come to know this God that visited? Every one of them that are trying to go to God, our own God has come. Praise the Lord. And it gets better because at Pentecost, he didn't just come. He's now dwelling with us. The gospel is good news. Nobody has it that way. We have a seal. Our Muslim brothers are trying to keep score so that when they die, they will measure and see whether they will cross. Our own, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit has been given to us what? As a guarantee. Praise the Lord. Imagine entering school and being guaranteed first class. That's what we have a guarantee. We have been sealed with the seal of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We have the anchor of us. We are sure of what we are talking about. And it's not by our strength, it's because the one who is marking it is the God, the one who has the final say. The amen has made the promise. And he says it is impossible for him to lie. He won't even change his mind. So the gospel is good news. And you and I are possessors of this good news. So the angel said to them, number one, don't be afraid again. And as a believer, you and I have no reason to be afraid. The Bible makes us understand that he that did not withhold his own son, Jesus, but gave him up. 
What will you be afraid of? Fulani headsmen? They're all men. Praise the Lord. Economic condition. They're all things that are under. So it says, good tidings of great joy to all people. And then the next announcement they made was verse 14. They said, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God the most high. Or glory to God at the highest level. Any angle you look at it from. It's saying the same thing. It says because of Christmas, glory must be given. Glory must be ascribed to God in the highest. I think it was two, three Sundays ago that we looked at it. That the greatest demonstration of the godness of God is not just his power. It's his love. You see, power for God is, I mean, the psalmist said, Once has thou spoken, twice have I heard that word. Power belongs to God. However, God has also allowed men, you know, and people to exercise this power. And the exercisation of power, is that correct? Uh The exercisation of power, just follow me. You see, you have seen in diverse, you know, levels at different places. But what is rare, as rare as rare, is to see power exercised with love. So anywhere we can almost say that as the magnitude of power increases, love diminishes. That's why a man and a woman can court, get married, you know, and then the man is just, you know, all over the wife, you know, helping her with everything. Let that man make some money, the man that is not spirit-filled, and become very rich. After some time, he will feel that the wife should not call him just his name. So if you want to address him, you add, uh, what are the things? Uh, Sir, or me lord. You know, what has happened? The man, maybe it's not even money. Maybe it's position. In his office, he becomes so big in the office. And he sees secretaries and, you know, people running around for him. All of a sudden, he forgets that what brought him together with a wife is not his office position. It was love. But you see, human beings can manage power. That's why they say power corrupts what? And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So the respect and honor we give to God is because it's the God who has absolute power and is 0% corrupted by absolute power. Instead, with his absolute power, there is absolute love. That combination you can't find anywhere. Go and search Google. Nobody has it. The more power men have, the less love they're functioning. Because you see, power makes you, gives you the ability to achieve the results you want. That's why the Bible says the rich man answers roughly. So this thing we're teaching humility and you know all of that. The very rich don't understand that. I've heard that a few of our governors in Nigeria says, you offer money. If it doesn't work, offer more money. Everybody can be bought. That's their mentality. But God who has all power doesn't look at it that way. He says everybody can be loved. So the Bible says for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever not some you and i when we love we even put conditions i'm going to love you but you have to meet this standard praise the lord so we give god glory for the magnitude of his love demonstrated to us in christ jesus that god would come and visit us I was going to do some, you know, research scientifically, but I did, I couldn't get it through. But, but I know that it's easier for something, for a seed to grow and become a tree than to squash a tree to be as tiny as a seed. The mathematics of it, I haven't worked it out. But to take something small and grow it big is easier than to take something big and shrink it. Now, God 
reducing himself to come in the likeness of man. That is power. At another level. Praise the Lord. That is power. For those of us who have raised children, to be able to keep a boy child especially in one place, you know, for two hours. For those in children's church, the light bearers, God strengthen you. You know what effort it is. Now, to keep God trapped in the womb for nine months, that Mary's womb didn't explode. Have you thought about that? If Jesus made the mistake of speaking something there, the womb would have exploded. Do you understand what Christmas is about? That God, that's why the Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. That God was manifest in the flesh. How do you take God and put in the flesh? Some of us now, because we've been driving, you know, the other day I was driving out of my house and I asked myself a question and I I really was afraid for myself. I'm not even sure I can cross the express road now. What I know is U-turn. Praise the Lord. Because you've gotten so comfortable. If we were to do a test now, okay, let's walk barefooted to the gate and come back. Some people will fall on the road. Because interlocking stone is too hard on their bare feet. But you see, someone who has been trekking on bare feet, can wear any type of shoes in one moment and be comfortable in it. It is easy to go up. That's the point I'm trying to make. For God to come down. If you knew that alone, every step you take, you say, glory to God. Another step, glory to God. Another step, say glory. It's not easy. It's not a light thing that happened at Christmas. Great is the mystery of God. That God was manifest in the God become flesh. God took the dust of the ground and formed it into man and breathed into it. And then he will come and enter that flesh. That's what Christmas is about. The demonstration of the love, the power, the wisdom, you know, the majesty is unthinkable. We, we can't wrap our arms around it. So if we are besides ourselves, if we eat rice, if you overeat, you know, it's okay. You're celebrating. It's worth celebrating. Pray somebody put your hands together for Jesus. It is worth celebrating that God was man. He came. He came from heaven to earth. Obama didn't come to Nigeria. He came from Kenya, went to America. From America to Nigeria was now too far. And people were shouting, he came to Ghana. Fill Africa. Came to Ghana, we are shouting, people are shouting. Bill Gates comes to Nigeria, people are shouting. Mark in Zuckerberg comes to Nigeria, people are shouting. You know, everybody's shouting because big man came to your country. He didn't even come to your house. But God came. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Glory to God in the highest. We celebrate him. It's not a mean thing. It is not a mean thing at all. It's not a mean thing. He came from heaven to the earth to show the way. He's God. He could have devised other means. He could have wrapped up the earth and created another one that he wouldn't need to visit. But he humbled himself, the Bible tells us Philippians 2. Took the form of man and coming as a man, he didn't come as a king. He didn't come as royalty. He came as low as low could be. That's what makes us worship him. The songwriter sang and said, only a God like you could be worthy of my praise. He's worthy. He's awesome. Praise the Lord. So glory to God in the highest is right to give him glory. It's proper to worship God. It's proper to exalt him. He has done marvelous things, wonderful things. And the next statement they made was peace and goodwill toward men. Interestingly, this particular verse, a lot of other translations don't translate it exactly this way. 
Most of them will say, peace to men of goodwill. Can you give me any other translation? Message, NLT, Amplified. Let's read it. What does it say? It says, glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who, who please him. Okay? So, in essence, since Christmas, peace came to man. Peace became possible. Now, I'm taking that so that I don't miss in any way or, you know, belittle what we are celebrating. It's important as Christians that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus and remind ourselves what happened. It's not a small thing that happened. Praise the Lord. It's an awesome thing and we should, you know, put on our dancing shoes, our best shoes, and just celebrate and let the children have all the fun, let the adults spend all the money. It's all right. January, hunger comes, you fast. You know, it's all part of it. Let's celebrate Christmas. Praise the Lord. However, however, there is a significance of this event that we must never miss as spiritual people. And I'd like you to come with me back to the book of Exodus chapter 19. And in Exodus chapter 19, I'll read a few verses for you, and I'll read from verse 14. Verse 14 says, So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings, And a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud. So that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. I like the way Messiah put this 17. It captures it well. He says, Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God. He said they stood at what? At attention at the base of the mountain. (laughs) Mount Sinai was all smoke because God had come down on it as fire. Smoke poured from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain shuddered in huge spasms. The trumpet blast grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered in thunder. God descended to the peak of Mount Sinai. God called Moses up to the peak and Moses climbed up. God said to Moses, go down. Warn the people not to break through the barricades to get a look at God, lest many of them die. And the priests also warned them to prepare themselves for the holy meeting, lest God break out against them. Moses said to God, but the people can't climb Mount Sinai. You've already warned us well, telling us, post boundaries around the mountain, respect the holy mountain. God told him, let's read this in New King James, please. I like the way New King James answered then the Lord said to him, what? Away, what? Get, do you see the exclamation mark? He said, don't answer me. I'm giving you instruction. Go and give it to them. He says, then the Lord said to him, away, get down. And then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. Praise the Lord. The account we have here. Is an account where after God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he wanted to meet with them. Praise the Lord. God wanted, God had delivered them, so he wanted to meet with them so they would know the God that delivered them. And the instruction went on as follows. He said, let them wash their clothes. Let them not come near their wives. 
So this is talking about holy union. It's not talking about the unholy one. Say, let them not, because some people come to church from bed of adultery and fornication. He said, let them, those who are evil mind, let them not come near their wives. He said, for three days, let them prepare just for this meeting. And then the day of this meeting, he said, when they get to the mountain, put barricades so that they can't come close to the mountain. And then he said, when they finally came, he says the mountain was shaking. It was quaking. And fire was coming out. And there were thunderings and lightnings and all of that. All of this was God trying to come from heaven to earth to meet with man. Is somebody following me? All of this was it. And the instruction was given to them. The reason they could not come close was that if anybody stepped beyond the boundaries, they would die. Something terrible would happen to them. This same God, brothers and sisters, is the same God that the angels will say to shepherds, Go, you will see him lying as a babe in a manger. The same God that God said to Moses, go and warn them again. He had told him before. Go and warn them. Let them not try to come close to peep to see God. It's the same God that God is saying, go and look into the manger and see me. Are you seeing what Christmas is about? God I love that song that says, you laid aside your majesty. God laid aside all the thunderings, all the lightnings, all of that. He took them all out so that God could be a God that we can look on and adore. You see, the God we saw in Exodus, you can't adore him. How dare you adore him? How do you adore him? You just tremble. You run. Look at this conversation with Moses. You can't try that. They came just to meet, just to be in, his, uh, in the environment where he was. Three days sanctification. So f- that today might mean for some of us, you won't eat uh, Amala for three days. Know this, know that. Just to prepare so that you won't die in the presence of God. Now, the same God for the same people gets himself in a way. Do we have a baby here? You see, you know the power of God. The Bible tells us of Melchizedek. Melchizedek appeared. And no father, no mother, no lineage. We don't know how he appeared. Jesus could have come like that and would have still been a man. But you know why he had to come as a baby? So that you and I can know that God is adorable. So that we can serve and fellowship with a God that is adorable. Anybody here doesn't like babies? I love babies. Babies are beautiful. Every baby is beautiful. Praise the Lord. When they grow, that's your decision now. But every baby is adorable. You see, carrying every baby is not work. Except when you have to carry for a long time. But just carrying a baby like this, I can just, you understand? God was saying, I want something. Christmas is about God saying, I want to be relatable. I want to be known. I want to present myself so that the people can reach me. Praise the Lord. That's what happened. He said, this is what it was before. And the message kept going. Do not come near. Do not come near. Keep warning them. Let them not try to come near. But you could see at Christmas in Luke 2, the angels are saying, go and see him. Go and see him. When Jesus started his ministry, he kept saying to them, come, come, come. What has happened? Christmas has happened. Christmas has happened. God, who created man, has come in the likeness of man. 
They teach, you know, everywhere, leadership and anywhere. They say the best way you can lift people up is to know where they are. And that knowing is not location. It's a feeling. It's coming into the place. Into the place of the experience. Maybe we should, you know, push a bill to be passed. That our legislators and government officials shouldn't have security. And if they have to be in Abuja, their dwelling place should be guagua, you know, um, you know, all kinds of places. Nigeria will change in one day so that they can come and be in the same environment of the people that are making laws for, the people that are spending their money. You see, that was what happened. God took all this, you know, fearful experience of Exodus and introduced it at Christmas. And it became a babe in a manger. So when we sing, Oh, come. Let us adore him, right? That is Christmas. We can come and adore the baby Jesus. We can come and relate to him. You see, even a thief will not run from a baby. Even an adult, nobody will run from a baby. Babies are harmless, isn't it? Babies are safe. You know, just nothing. Nothing can go wrong. But that baby was signifying something. God was saying I am bringing myself to the place where no man again will have an excuse. You see, the Exodus account we read, you see how terrifying it was. But now with Christmas, God made God so reachable, so accessible. He brought him so down that everybody, that's why the Bible can say whosoever, which means nobody can say I was not qualified. Who can come to a baby? Who can't sit side by side with a baby? Who can't play with a baby? That's what Christmas is. God said, the things involved, Sazamas, in this God-man relationship is too serious. I will leave man with no excuse. I will go to the furthest land to see that salvation comes to man. I will see that nobody, you know, the Bible says, God will never leave himself without a witness. Nobody will on the judgment day say to God, God, I tried to make peace with you. It was impossible. Nobody will be able to say that. Nobody will be able to say, God, you are too tough for me. Nobody will be able to say that. Because in Jesus Christ, God came in the form that no one could say he was too far. He was too difficult. That's why they said to them, go, you will find a babe. As he grew the Bible says, this Jesus, one of the accounts in the epistles, says a savior who was harmless. It meant that throughout the entirety of his life on earth, he caused nobody harm. He did nobody any harm. That's why when the Jews wanted to stone him, he asked them a question. He said, please, let me ask you. I know you want to stone me. You're angry with me. But please, for what do you want to stone me? And the only thing they could come up was the very truth. He said that you what? He said for the good works you're doing. That's not why we want to stone you. The reason we want to stone you is that you being a man make yourself God. No, but he was a God making himself man. They had problems and he couldn't help them. Was he going to deny himself? He was God become man. They were accusing him of man trying to become God. So Jesus represents the love of God, the beauty of God, the gift of God, the accessibility of God. So that no man, no woman, no people, no group, no matter their background, can say, God, the mountain is shaking. The fire is burning. You know, this and this is happening. The sound is too loud. The thundering. I can't bear it. I must run from you. Nobody 
can say that to God at any time. Why? Because of Christmas. And with Christmas, let's also change our attitude towards children. Jesus is the friend of who? Little children. Everybody can be a Christian. It's something that we have missed, you know, in our generation. Where we think that people have to come to a particular age before they can, you know, advance spiritually. No, God in Christ Jesus was once six months. Praise the Lord. Our Savior Jesus Christ was once a toddler. Our Savior Jesus Christ was once six years. So, a six-year-old can press into the things of God. Because at that level, Jesus knows where he is. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Because what we have now is that some of us, you know, young, you know, believers here, at 10 years, uh, what are they praying for? Let daddy pray. The only prayer they pray is that for the food I'm about to eat, I thank you, Lord. Okay? Uh, my father needs to buy me a um, phone. He's been giving excuses. Jesus, please give him money so he can buy me phone. Amen. You see, those are okay. But you see, you are not excluded. God was once your age in Christ Jesus. I need you to understand the seriousness of what this thing is about. It's like when you watch movies and you see child stars. You know, you see those children that act different movies. You know, even though most times they're older than the age they act. So they might get a 13-year-old acting as a 7-year-old. But nobody after that makes excuses because someone has what? Acted the part. In Christ Jesus, with Christmas, it tells us that everyone, everyone can be full of the Holy Ghost. Everyone can be instrumental to what God is. Everybody can be critical. Young children, your prayers for Nigeria can bring the transformation. Praise the Lord. Your prayers can be what the family needs. Your prayers can be what the nation needs. Your prayer can be what the church needs. Why? Because of Christmas. God has come relatable. He has downloaded himself in a soft fashion. I remember when I was still working, there was this book they started writing. A few of us may remember it. One of them was Excel for Dummies. How many of us remember? They had, you know, different versions. Maybe they say word, word processing for dummies. You see, what the people did was this. Because, you know, the mark of intelligence is not speaking big grammar. It's taking big grammar and simplifying it so that those who don't know. So you listen to some people, they confuse you more, and you say they're very intelligent. No. Intelligent people bring it from up, down. So those books, they would take complex, you know, things, you know, programs and all of that and simplify so that when you read it, it will be clear to you. That is what Christmas is about. God said, now I'm going to come down and I will dwell amongst these people. I will walk with them. I will live with them so that they can touch God. They can live with God. They can interact with God. They can know the heart of God. They can pray. So how many of us pray to our friends? How many of us have friends who talk on the phone with five minutes for the men, 15 minutes for the women? For the men, at least, sometimes we talk up to five minutes. If there is a political... uh, Okay? Jesus came to show to us that you talking to God does not have to be what you were suited to do. He said to the disciples, no longer do I call you servants. What do I call you? He said, I call you friends. Jesus coming came to bring spirituality to a level where everybody can be spiritual. Everybody can walk with God. Everybody can encounter God. Everybody can experience God. Everybody can be forgiven. Everybody can be empowered. Peter's in the boat, in the middle of the sea, said to Jesus, Master, if it is you, bid me come. Is that difficult? You're telling your friend, ah, this thing you're doing, can I do it? He said, try now. That's how it is. 
Is somebody seeing what Christ is bringing God down so that you don't have to stay on Edna and say, when I get to heaven, because heaven has come here. And heaven did not come as a principle. That's where a lot of people miss it. Because when the Bible says on that day, Jesus will say to them, to them, not anybody here, say to them, yes, you worked miracles in my name, you cast out devils in my name, but depart from me, I never knew. You know what that means? It meant that they took the principles because principles work irrespective. But you see, Jesus is not a principle. Jesus is the principal. There's a difference between following the things that work and following the worker. Entering into heaven is an introduction. He says, I will say to my father, these are my brothers and sisters. And that can only come when there's in friendship. So Christmas is God bringing this thing that the Jews had as religion to a point where it is no longer a religion. We say that, you know, we say it, you know, we, we mouth it. I'm not religious. I'm a Christian. I'm spiritual. Really, what it means is that the Christian is in relationship with a God that you can touch. What it means, sir and man, is that it's doable. Praise the Lord. It's doable. Christianity is doable. You know what? There's somebody doing it with you. There's somebody walking it with you. And he's not far bidding you come. He's by your side. From Christmas, when God left the Mount, you know, Sinai, uh, wonders and, you know, thunderings and light, he came and said, handle me. He came and said, we can do this together. Praise the Lord. Let me show you because John was such a blessing. In John chapter 1, you know, we'll see what he said. I think we looked at it last time. we we'll also see today what he said. John made us understand. He said, he said in the beginning was the world. The world was with God and the world was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was nothing made that was made. He said, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on the darkness and darkness did not comprehend it. Now, verse 10, he says, he was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not know him. He said he came to his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him. He said, I came to be received. I'm not just a maker. I came to be interacted with. Because I was asking the Lord, what is it about this Christmas that we need to know? He said, God came to interact. God came to be interacted with. God came to be known. God came to be known. Not just to be heard from. God came to be known. Praise the Lord. Come with me to the same John now. First John now chapter 1. We'll see what John told us there. In First John chapter 1, this is what John said to us. He said, that which was from the beginning. Who was from the beginning? Praise the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, that which was from the beginning, God. Which we have heard. Who did we hear? God. Even the Exodus people heard God, didn't they? They heard him in the thunderings and all of that. He says, which we have seen with our heart. Did they see him in Exodus? They were warned. They said, don't even come near. Don't try to look. When you go home, read that account. He said, which we have seen with our eyes. Look at the second, the other one he said. He said, which we have what? Looked upon. So it's not just seen. Well, you could have seen. I've seen Obama. I've seen Trump. I've seen this person. Okay? But he said, when you say, which you have what? Looked upon. Which means they had the opportunity of looking at him like this. And you know who he's talking about? He's talking about God. To look upon God. Praise the Lord. To look upon God. He goes further. He says, and our hands have what? Handled. He's saying we, hand, we touched God. 
That's Christmas. Christmas says you can touch God. And somebody here, let me let you know. You don't have to wish to live in the time of the apostles. Jesus can touch you now. You can touch him now. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is Jesus with us. That's what Christianity is about. No Christian is alone. No Christian. God is no longer far. We come to church to worship God, but God is also in our homes. Praise the Lord. Many Christians are being incarcerated. Leah Sharibu is under captivity. Jesus is with her there. Praise the Lord. Everywhere we are, we serve a God that we can touch. We serve a God that we can speak to. We serve a God that can connect with us. That's what John was saying. He said, this thing we are writing to you, we are not writing to you abstract. We're not writing to you some mathematical formula. We saw this God. We interacted with this God. This God rebuked us when we're wrong. He encouraged us. He fed us. He was, he understood us. He comprehended everything about us. That is the God I'm presenting to you. That is the God of the believers. That is the God that knows every cheer that is dropping from your eyes. That's the God that knows every pain you're going through. And that is the God that when you pray to him, you don't need to translate. Do you get what I'm saying? You don't need to translate. You know, my daughter was telling me that somebody wrote, you know, I I don't know whether Instagram or Facebook, and said, I don't understand what Abuja is turning to. I've been in traffic for a whole eight minutes. If people in Lagos are praying to such a person to help with traffic, can the person help? If traffic is eight minutes, you've not come out from your garage in Lagos, just from the front of your office to enter the road. They have not cleared road for you. Eight minutes has passed. We serve a God who knows exactly where we are. That's what John was saying. We serve a God who said to doubting Thomas, when Thomas was doubting him, he said, come. He said, touch. He said, bring your finger, put it inside. Anybody here in doubt in any situation, Jesus is saying to you today, I came so that you can touch me. Listen, your prayers, they are not strong calls. They are not international calls. Strong calls in those people who understand that. There were calls then that you speak to somebody, then they'll connect you first. Mm-hmm. Now and everybody, you call everybody. So some people will understand. You had to go to NITEL, you know, to make some of those calls. With Christmas, Christianity is here. You can talk to him. You can relate with him. He can see you. That is the God that many are looking for. The apostle Paul was telling them, you know, he said, I see that you're in all things, you're very religious. And you build altars and altars to diverse gods. And now you even build one to the unknown God. He said, that God whom you worship, no, no, that is the God I've come to tell you about. And he said, that God is not like these ones you're worshiping. Because that God, since he made all things, does not dwell in temples made with man's hands. That is the God in Christ Jesus. That is what Christmas is about. So it's not about arguing about religion, no. It's about telling them we have a God that I spoke to this morning. We have a God who is more than a friend. He sticks closer than a brother. He understands even my unexpressed desires. When you say the name Jesus, even without a prayer, he hears you. Do you know that? Because when you say the name Jesus, everything contrary already bows. And everything that should rise. How many of us have said full prayer in our dreams when we're under attack? You just say Jesus and everything changes. Because you have a God who is there with you. That's what Christmas is about. It's so powerful, people of God. Christmas is hands on. Is God hands on? 
Are you with me? That's what it is. But you know the sad thing about it. It won't be like this forever. This is an opening. That's why the gospel has to be preached. This is an opening because he has gone now back to heaven. And the Holy Ghost, we sang the song, Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your son and leaving your Holy Spirit till your work here on earth is what? Done. A time is going to come when the Holy Ghost will say, I'm done. When that time comes, people of God, you can no longer touch God. Let me try and round up quickly. Come with me to Revelation. You see what I'm talking about? Revelation chapter 1. Chapter 1, we see the same John here now. And John begins to tell us from verse 10. I read from verse 10 for time. And John says, I was on the street on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, let's read this one together. It says, I'm what? The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Twelve. Then John turned to see the voice that spoke with him. And having turned, he said, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and gathered about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes like what? A flame of fire. He said his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice was as what? The sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Now look at the same John now. You know, John is the one that used to put his head on Jesus' chest. You know? Mm-hmm. So look at the same John now. This time, the Bible says, John speaking, says, When I saw him, what happened to him? At this point, he was the one who said whom we handled. Who we looked upon. Could he now look upon him? Christmas is an announcement that God has created an opportunity. Let nobody take his salvation for granted. You know, sometimes you wonder, can this thing be so easy? Even when you declare, whatever you have done, just call on Jesus, he will save you. Yes! It's amazing. I don't understand how Igbo people do business. They'll be selling something for $600. And then for two days, they say this thing is $200. Initially, before, it was difficult for me to understand because it's a loss. But you know what? After those two days, you won't see for $200 again. I don't know why they do that. And then it goes back to the $600 amount. And that, you cannot tell them, but uh, okay. I think once I tried to appeal to them, but this thing you sold it to under, just take it that it was two days ago you were selling. Igbo man, yes. The same thing it is with Christianity. The opportunity you and I have as Christians, that's why we must preach the gospel. That's why this Christmas we must pray. If you can't tell, pray. Whatever it is, do. Because this window of Jesus, of God, adorable, it won't be forever. It won't be forever. The same John says, I turned to see. The moment I turned, what happened? He said, I fell. He didn't just fall. He said, that's dead. It means he passed out. The same Jesus, whom the shepherds went and peeped at. Whom Peter must have, you know, slapped at the back and said, ah, master, don't say that. Whom John could have said, come, 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 let's go and play. The same Jesus is seen now. The Bible says his eyes were like what? Flames of fire. When he spoke. So the same Jesus that said to the woman caught in adultery. 
I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. The same Jesus, if he now says, I do not, people will even die. He says his, out of his mouth, what? A sharp two-edged sword. That's his word. Christmas is God saying, you can touch me now. You can handle me now. You can call on me now. You can reach me now. What we saw in Revelation was when he had sat on his throne and was getting ready. When the Bible tells us about the feet, you know, as brass, it's talking about judgment time coming. A time is going to come when it won't be this way again. But you and I have this privilege to access him as a baby. That's what Christmas is about. You can come to me. So he says, come to me, all ye that what? Labor and are heavily. He says, I will give you rest. That's what it's about. But it's not forever. It's not forever. As we round up, I want to beg us. This Jesus, let's value him. Seen him in Exodus. Seen him in Revelation. Let's not despise the grace that we have now. You know, when people bring grace down to what is not, it's because they're not seen well. It's because they're not seen well. Because when you see well, you would understand why Paul the Apostle will walk with Jesus and walk with Jesus. And then they say to him, Paul, the person who owns this bell that I'm holding, if he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be beaten and all of that. He said, and then he didn't see his service of Jesus as serving a baby. He could see the king of kings. He could see the great God that we sang today. He could see the maker of the heavens and the earth. That's why he could say, my life goal is to forget the things which are behind. To press forward to the things which are ahead. He says, I want to come somehow into a place where I can be conformable to his death. Come to have a fellowship of his sufferings and adventure attain unto the resurrection. Paul was not talking about baby Jesus. He had the salvation that came through the baby Jesus. But he had the revelation of the glorified Jesus. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. He's all of that. So this Christmas, we will love you. We will adore you. We will worship you. And we will let the whole world know that the door is open. Jesus said, I'm the door. The door is open. He said, I'm the way. The way is open. I'm the truth. The truth is here now for everybody. No matter the falsehood anybody lives in. You call on Jesus, he brings you into the truth. He said, I'm the life. He's ready. He's giving life to all. He said to the Jews when he was on earth, he said, I've not come to condemn. He said, there's one who is condemning. He said, I've come to have life, to save. To seek and to save that which was lost. That's what he came to do. But a time is coming when that won't be what he's doing again. When he will rise as judge of the whole earth. But for us today, is joy. For us today, is life. For us today, his peace. For us today, his wisdom. For us today, his righteousness. For us today, his healing. For us today, his deliverance. For us today, is the power of God. For us today, he's the light of the world. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate that this mighty God is ours. In this dimension now. We don't take him for granted. He might be gentle to us as a baby. But we know him. 
as the mighty God. The everlasting Father. So I want you to take a moment and just exhort him. Exhort him. Time will fail me to ask you to ponder on the wise men from the east. Did you imagine these men traveled all that just to come and bow before a baby? People go to consult God for help, for counsel, for a blessing. What did they ask baby Jesus for? What question did they ask him? What interaction did they have with Mary? They just came, bowed down, worshipped, and gave gifts and went. Because they could see beyond the baby. Every wise Christian must see beyond the baby. They must see, the apostle makes us understand that every man shall give an account of his life. I'm going to give an account to this baby when he becomes the judge who he is. I'm going to tell him this is what I did with the grace you gave me. I'm going to tell him this is what I did with the life you gave me. I'm going to tell him this is what I did with the love you shed on me. That's why in this season we're encouraged. Let us share love so that what he gives to me, I will not take it and lock somewhere. No, it was the same master that gave the talents to his servants that said to one, we're going to send you to a place of punishment. Because at a point I gave you this talent. But now I'm coming to judge your use of this talent. He said, take it from that one. And that servant who did not do what he was to do. He says he was sent to a place of punishment. This morning, I want you to worship him. I want you to see the king high and lifted. I want you to see that baby and adore him from the bottom of your heart. I want you to become a worshiper of this Jesus in spirit and in truth. I understand people are trying to make all kinds of things. It's okay. Even those people that are trying to make movies to denigrate our Lord. We'll pray for them. He loves them. It's a time of grace. It's a time of grace. They don't know what they're doing. That their eyes will be opened. That their eyes will be opened. But for you and I, I will worship you. I will, in my life, you will be exalted. Give your life is the throne he's looking for now. He says, I've come for you. I've come to you. I've come to dwell in you. I've come to dwell among you. Tell him, Lord, if no other place, no other heart celebrates you, my heart, my heart, I give to you. My hands, I surrender. Let them do your bidding. My mouth will tell of your faithfulness. Let the world know that you are God through me. Let the world know your majesty. Let the world know your mercy. Let the world know your salvation. Let the world know your meekness. Let the world know your coming down to earth. Let me be that one who will honor you. We'll just take that last and I will be done here now. Hebrews chapter 2 still talking of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read from verse 14 and I'll highlight where I'm going to. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. 16. For indeed, note this, indeed, he does not give aid to angels. Who does he give aid to? But he does give aid to the 
seed of Abraham. 17, which is where I'm going to. It says, therefore, let's read that together. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be what? A merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Child of God, you can pray with confidence. Everyone here, I want to give you a few seconds. You can pray to God because of Christmas. And know that God understands you. God feels you. God senses your weakness. He knows your incapacities. He knows your challenges. He knows everything. He says, merciful. And then he says what? Faithful. That is assurance. I need you to take this liberty and talk to him. This is what he assured us. This is the invitation he has given to us. This is what Christmas is about. God with us. Merciful. Faithful. Reliable. Considerate. All of that, his power did not shift. He can deliver. He can heal. He can save a loved one. He can deliver a lost one. He can bring back fortune. He can roll away shame. That's what Christmas is about. Merciful. Faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Father. Lord, we give you the praise. Nobody, nobody can love us like you do. This love you demonstrated for us when you came down to walk where we walk, to live where we live, to experience where we, what we experience, so that when we call, you know exactly where we are. No wonder your word says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. So this morning we say thank you. For we serve a God who knows. We serve a God who hears. We serve a God who is touched. Come on, can you give him praise and give him thanks for every request. For every situation. Yes, and for our nation Nigeria. We understand he knows. He knows where we are. He knows what is going on. He knows the plot against the Christ. He understands all of that. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.